This the remix. Hey Ozzy, what do you think about me getting a diamond, a diamond tooth? Go for it. Okay, go there it. we go. Go for it. Go for it. Okay. <laughs> and the 0-1 on the way inside and either hit his bat or hit him around the helmet. What is going on here? Lindor down on his knees. Buck Showalter immediately came out of the dugout. Now They're the Mets are back. coming out of theirs, and the Nationals are coming out of theirs. We may have a Donnybrook here. The umpire's trying to get in between and restore law and order, but the Mets have had it. They have seen their hitters thrown at two nights in a row, and here come the bullpens. And it is going to be very tense for a couple of seconds here to see whether this breaks out into a full-scale brawl or amounts to nothing more than a lot of standing around. There's just a tiny bit of pushing and shoving and a lot of yelling and screaming going on, but I don't think I've seen any punches thrown or anything like that, but the Mets are hot. Things got testy. And hit well down the left field line. It's got a chance to go. It's gone. A line shot to left field, just clearing the wall. The error pays off for the Rockies. They tack on two. Nine to four, they lead. Just crushed my dreams. Boom. Sadness. That's the one. Dude, shout out to a simpler time in America when all of us were captivated by the California Raisins. By the way, I have one more note on BTS. Did your headphones break again? No, we're back at it. (laughs) (laughs) We're back at it. They slid around. They they start sliding around, around, it's not good. I thoroughly enjoy your headphone problems. You've had a broken (laughs) pair. You had the one day you just unplugged it and didn't realize it was unplugged for like two minutes. That was you were pointing at Jared like it was his fault. I can't hear, I can't hear. That's great. And now I just look over and you're just fumbling with those (laughs) things. I'm excited every time that happens. Uh, One more note on BTS. They don't have to do anything. And everyone in that stadium loses their mind screaming at them. Like, literally, just like they wink at the camera, and everybody goes ballistic. It's unbelievable. Is their music good? Yeah. Oh, it's very catchy. Oh, yeah. It is. It's very catchy music. Oh, yeah. Okay. I thoroughly enjoyed it. It was... A, it, I did not... I was not disappointed. Okay, you said the... How was your girlfriend? Been losing her mind? Oh, so her voice is, like, hoarse this morning. And you're going back on Friday. <laughs> yeah, and we're, like, 48 hours removed, or 36 hours removed from it. Um, Honey and lemon. Honey and lemon. <laughs> Do you know the words to their songs? I know the chorus of I, I knew the I chorus mean, of about sixty to seventy percent of the songs they played. There were a few they played that I had no idea what was going on, but I I know the chorus to the majority of the songs. And they if this if the sound system was bad for them talking, how was it when they were singing? Like I didn't notice quite as much, especially during the songs that I knew. Um, but I guess I guess during the songs I didn't know. I had no idea what they were saying. Do so. they dance? Oh yeah, that's like. Do they dance? I have no idea. They're probably, they might be more popular for dancing than they are for the actual singing. The only time I've ever seen them was on Rockin' New Year's Eve in Times Square. And I don't even know if if I remember if they performed. They must have. They may have just waved and people went nuts. Well, I mean, you said, you said like if if they're just there, people go crazy for them. Yeah. Um, that's the only time I've ever. I mean, I've seen them on other places like TV or like clips of stuff, but I've never seen like a full song or anything. I don't think. So they did their own. I think each individual member got their own special McDonald's meal, and the general consensus was, "Man, this is huge for McDonald's." Wow, <laughs> that's how big they are. Yeah, yeah. So wow. go see them on Friday. 
It'll be fun. You won't be able to hear anything, but it'll be fun. <laughs> I'm not going on Friday. <laughs> Why not? I Okay, hold on, though. I would love... Ed Grady by himself. <laughs> Just <laughs> I can't make the show on Friday. I'm going for the sound check. That's right. I'm going to go for the sound check. I'll do the show from the sound yeah. check on Friday. Clean feed from the sound yeah. check. All right. Do you want to do a little bit more on the A's? Because we need to laugh and make fun of Dave Cobble. Uh, he has been getting torched on Twitter the last couple of days because Dave Cobble has been trying to tell people on Twitter that the A's will spend more money on players if they get a new ballpark. So one random fan on Twitter tweeted to Dave Koppel, who's the president of the A's. How about encourage our owners to spend some money so we can keep some quality talent and be an actual good and competitive team to play in that new stadium if or when we get it. And Dave Koppel responded to that saying, this is why we need a new ballpark at Howard Terminal. The majority of replies to that Dave Cobble tweet were laughing at Dave Cobble yes. and saying, no, you're not. Right. It was a that. layup line. Right. One person said, I support Howard Terminal, which is their location in Oakland. They want a new stadium. I support Howard Terminal, but you've got to stop beating this drum. We're not stupid. We know one has nothing to do with the other. You're just insulting our intelligence and rubbing salt in the wound when we just lost almost all our good players yet again. This ain't it. Dave Cobble saw that tweet and thought I should respond to this. And he did and said more revenue from new ballpark leads to more player spending. So here's what I find absolutely hilarious and disingenuous and maybe even evil by Dave Cobble in the A's, he is using the Oakland A's fire sale. They traded away Matt Olson, Matt Chapman, Sean Manaya, Chris Bassett, their best two starters, pitchers, their best two offensive players. He's using their offseason fire sale as a reason why they should yeah. get public money yeah. to build a stadium. A ballpark, sure. They're saying, well, we can't afford players, but right. if you give us some money, we'll be able to afford yeah. those players. Like Dave Cobble suggesting that if they if they were playing in a brand new ballpark right now they wouldn't have done a fire sale. It's a bunch of nonsense. I yeah. I wrote that last uh, a week ago. It's there. It's there right. in their DNA. He told it's you in that. Their DNA. You wrote about it. There's uh, just no way. He told somebody. I think it was the San Francisco Chronicle. Like that is become nobody believes that. That has become one of his newest pitches. One of his newest talking points is well, we could keep him. Yeah. Matt Chapman would still be in Oakland A if if we had a new ballpark and. Not a single person believes that. No one that's, believes that. That's the thing that's amazing. Like a lot of times when guys, when people come up with like uh, some sort of PR spin or some sort of pitch as to, hey, this is why we need something. This is why to try to explain away something. A lot of times pe there's at least some segment of fans that believe it. There's some people that'll believe some sort of pitch that somebody gives. Not a soul believes that the A's are going to spend money once no. they get a new ballpark. No, Not because that's who John Fisher is. That's who John that. Fisher is. That's Be what kind of owner he is. Because they know, and they've known it for years, they can make money while spending $30 million yes. on players, while the Dodgers spend $250 million mm -hmm. on players, while revenue share teams that are trying to win are going to spend $200 million, they can spend 30 and they can make money. Do we know, like... Do do they actually say how much each team gets from revenue sharing? Because if it's more than thirty million, I actually am like that is delightfully maniacal. Uh, it might be more than thirty million. I'm, <laughs> they I'm cover pretty, their payroll. I'm pretty with certain. Revenue. Sure. I'm pretty certain 
every single team's just local television deal, just local, not the national ones, every single team's local TV deal, the Dodgers have the highest and the Marlins have the lowest, but I'm pretty sure they're all over 50 million. Like I think every single team gets over 50 million a year from their local TV deals. And then which there's, they're just making up their, right. they're, they're making money and making up their uh, payroll, which is, which is why baseball teams can make money without having without anybody having in the stands. Anybody. Yeah. Well, no, without anybody not in the having stands. Any, exactly. Not it's having why any the Marlins and the A's, A's can make money despite not having a single person come to their right. game because they're getting paid more money for their television deal than they are for the payroll that they're actually spending on players. And then you get the national <laughs> revenue, right, from national TV deals and any other advertisements that Major right. League Base, all that other national revenue that comes in. So they have to, I, I guarantee they're making more than $30 million. They have to be. There's no doubt about it, just off revenue sharing. They have to be. This is the most disingenuous thing thing could say. He has an owner. Hey, friend in, of the show. Uh, <laughs> John Fisher's net worth John is 2.4 billion. billion, who never spends money on players, yeah. and no one believes, and he said that before, if there's a new ballpark in Vegas, he actually told me, he goes, you know, it was during spring training, he's like, you know, Billy, Billy Bean and I were talking the other day, and we just can't wait. I mean, Billy said, can you imagine when there's a new ballpark, what we're going to be able to do? And it's just laughable. No one <laughs> believes that. I mean, if you believe that out there, I'm sorry, you're out of your mind. They're not going to come here and start, you know, um, getting in the the judge sweepstakes. No, they're not going to do that. They're not going to go from one of the three million. or four cheapest teams in baseball to all of a sudden two hundred fifty million no dollars in competing with the Dodgers. They might pay a little bit more. Right, they might maybe they, their payroll goes to fifty million. Right. They might say, "Oh, we'll keep one of those good yeah. players around." We better because no one's coming to the games. Right, but they are not going to suddenly change the way they run their baseball organization. Though, because the way they're going to look at it is, they're going to say, "We got a new ballpark. We're getting even more revenue." Sure. Why would we spend it on players? We're just going to take this ourselves. We're not. You guys are coming to the ballpark anyway. Come to the ballpark. Who cares if we suck? Who cares if you don't know any of the players on the team? Who's the A's best player right now? Couldn't tell you. You? Tony you, Kemp. You, you play for the A's? Tony Kemp. I uh, I, I don't know who I their best player Hold is. Hold on. I'm on it. I'll start Googling. You guys yeah, got three minutes. Go yeah. through three games of stats. Yeah. Yeah. Who leads them in hits yesterday? Uh, they, I, I'll, I'm on it. I'm trying to. Tony Kemp's the only one I can name, and I watched like three innings of their game yesterday against the Philadelphia. Uh I they're they're uh I can name their announcer Dallas Braden. Uh, they have ten rookies that made uh, their Dallas opening day roster. Ten they ten rookies made their opening day roster this it's year. It's got to be Tony Kemp because he went three for five with two RBIs <laughs> yesterday. So that's me. Andrus Murphy Brown. Oh, Elvis Brown. Brown. Scotty. Jeb Lowry's on that team again. <laughs> McKenney Smith Allen. Those aren't real people. Pache. Oh, that's their pro- that's the prospect. Yeah. Uh, Christian Pache, I think it is. Uh, yeah, that's one of the prospects they got in the trade. This one is of a great trades. pitching staff: Jeffries, Mall, Acevedo, Sneed, Trevino, Pinder. Pinder is leading the team in OBS or OP. OBS. You making up stats over there? <laughs> Sorry, OPS. Yeah, I mean it seems bad, and they want everybody to believe. You know what we would do if you gave us a billion dollars in public money? We might think about yeah. keeping Matt Chapman around. <laughs> we might not trade Matt Olson to the Braves. Because again, the other the what they do, and it's what teams like Pittsburgh does, it's what teams like Miami does. 
you get so many years of team control, right? You get six years of team control of these guys where you don't have to pay them very much money before they hit free agency. You get six years of cheap, cheap labor. They trade the guys like two years before their uh, time is up, before they become free agents. They trade, they'll trade them like two years in advance because you can get a bigger haul sure. of prospects for sure. it. They trade them to another team who's willing to give them that contract. We just saw that with Matt Olson. Matt Olson was still under team control, I think, for two more years when the when Oakland traded him. Traded him to Atlanta. Atlanta immediately signed him to an extension. Immediately gave him the money that he was going to get as a free agent in a couple of years because some teams are willing to, to pay. And the A's, it's not even... And again, the worst part of this, like the Astros didn't want to give Carlos Correa a 10-year deal. The Yankees don't want to give Aaron Judge whatever the hell Aaron Judge wants. But both of those teams still spend money. Oh, absolutely. They just, they're just looking at... They're saying, eh, we don't want to go that long with you, right? But they're still willing to spend money. Yes. The A's are, it does not matter. They could have the best player in the sport, and they are not going to extend that guy. They are not going to do it. And having a new ballpark is not going to change I don't think that's going to change it at all. Their owner's worth $2.4 billion. Yeah. If he wanted to spend more than $30 million on he payroll, could. easily, he could do it right now. He doesn't need a new ballpark to do that. That's just their new bullet point to justify this and Dave Cavill is getting absolutely smoked on Twitter every time he deservedly so this. yeah because it's a dumb thing to say it's a foolish thing to say and like the one he uh, talks a lot and doesn't say much oh that's his favorite I he mean he talks Dave Cavill talks a ton and I don't really know half the time what he's saying friend of the show he's friend of the show Dave Cavill talks a lot <laughs> he's very good at saying things without details right? yes the whole parallel yes. path well the whole public private until Manfred has to leak it to the New York Post <laughs> and now we know it's 275 million that they want I all Dave gave us was public private yeah Manfred gave us the real numbers oh right? Rob Manfred I also love that that major the, that New York Post story if you missed it we talked about it at seven o'clock that New York Post story basically said that MLB owners are fine with the A's moving to Vegas as long as there's public money. Well, as long money. as there's public money. As long as they can screw Manfred, the community. As Manfred said, oh, we don't want to set a precedent right. of no and that, public money. And the reasoning is they don't want a team to move to a new city and not get well, public no, money. Well, no, because then it's the precedent and, no one, and everyone else can do that. Because And it wouldn't happen because we've seen it here in lots of places. Mayors and governors and city council and state representatives are all dumb. But if the A's moved to Vegas and we gave them zero public dollars then literally every single city in the country Absolutely. should look at their pro sports team when they want to move or move to their city and say, we don't need to give you any money. The Oakland A's did it. They spent $7 on their roster, and they still paid for their own stadium. Then the politicians in Buffalo, who I think just gave $800 million towards a bill, seems like, hey, what happened with us? How the hell did okay. that happen? That would be great if Here, we got a team awesome. for free. And they, and they gave $800 million for the bills to have a new stadium? Here's the thing that I... All right, if you're going to give any private entity, public money, they better be like, oh, no, you don't understand. On the days you're not using that ballpark, it's a homeless shelter. It's literally like we we will be ho- like it's a like every single time there's any votes whatsoever. It could be for like a municipality or something like that. That is a that is somewhere you can cast a vote. We are basically you get to play baseball right. there. We own that We own thing. every other day. Coming up next, it's Bischoff's Briefs. Bischoff's Briefs. Son, I didn't understand a word you just said. Bischoff.
Bischoff's Briefs. Hey, thanks. That is not a compliment. Ah, I disagree. Bischoff's Briefs. Okay, well, that was just a list of complete nonsense, but you're not totally wrong. Bischoff's Briefs. The WNBA draft is tonight. The Las Vegas Aces traded to acquire the number eight and number 13 overall picks. They gave up their picks in next year's draft to do so. So they have five picks in the draft that starts tonight. We're going to talk to Nikki Fargus, the president of the Las Vegas Aces, in about 10 minutes. Uh, big day for the Las Vegas Aces. Now, Bischoff's briefs, though. Um, I'm changing one down, by the way. Very important topic. The mayor fight of last oh, week. yes. Unbelievable. Yes. So... Libby Schaft, the Oakland mayor, and Carolyn Goodman, the Las Vegas mayor, yelled at each other on Twitter. It started when Libby Schaft was on TV and called Las Vegas the gross desert, uh, in which Carolyn Goodman responded on Twitter <laughs> and invited Libby Schaft to a Raiders game, which uh, <laughs> was a funny response. But then Libby Schaft said Las Vegas had ugly architecture which was a very specific, weird thing to call Las Vegas out for, having ugly architecture. I don't even know what Las Vegas architecture is, just neon signs on the strip. Yeah, Desert. Like, we we literally have a pyramid made of, like, black glass. <laughs> like, it's that's kind of awesome, but all right. But this is phenomenal. We need more public officials just dumping Ripping on other cities. Just, like... Stop talking up your own cities. We hear enough of that. Just rip apart others. I want every single public official to be like, you know what? City sucks. And just give me five minutes on why some random city is awful. It's tremendous content. There's a couple things, though, that I find funny. Number one, both of these mayors lost the Raiders. Libby Shaft literally lost them out of Oakland. They moved out of Oakland. But if you remember, you were there. Carolyn Goodman wanted so badly oh, yeah. for the Raiders to put their stadium within the actual city limits right. of Las Vegas, which would be downtown. They did not put their stadium in the city limits of Las Vegas. Carolyn Goodman did not get the Raiders. She may have been a part of the meetings that helped lead the Raiders Oh, she here, was there. But she lost. She did not win that. Her taking credit for the Raiders being here, no. She is along for the ride. Had very little to do with why the Raiders are actually here. She just happens to be kind of close. Neither one of these mayors should be able to claim the Raiders. When Carolyn Goodman invites her to a Raiders game, she should not be able to do that because that is well, not in her Or city Carolyn district. has to pay the, for the tickets. Right. Should not be allowed to do that. Um, the other part that I love about this and why more more publicly elected officials should just dump on other cities? You can't lose because for Car for Carolyn Goodman, for example, all that matters is what people in Las Vegas think of her. So if she rips on Oakland and all of Oakland hates her, who cares? Yeah, exactly. She's the mayor of Las Vegas. Same for Libby Schaff, right? Oh. Who cares what anybody in Las Vegas thinks of Libby Schaff? She's she's the mayor of Oakland. That might be why she didn't respond to my request to come on the show. <laughs> it might be. But like Has you... Libby Schaff gone on with Anderson Cooper? <laughs> you can't we still got lose. two or three minutes left. That was a good walk yeah. off. You can't lose because are you ripping on Vegas? Nobody that's voting for you cares about Las right. Vegas. So go for it. Yeah. Just tear us apart and save for Carolyn Goodman to Oakland. 
you can't lose because the people that matter to a mayor, they don't live in another state or another. She can rip on, you can rip on the city in your same state. Carolyn Goodman could just take a hammer to Reno for the rest of time. Hell, she'd, it'd probably be good for her if she did that. People would be like, hell yeah, we hate Reno. It doesn't mean you can't lose when you get into these arguments. So we need more of it. Because it's phenomenal content, and there's no losers in the entire scenario. Just in a speech, just randomly sideswipes Elko. Yes! <laughs> yes! Just like, what did we do? It's amazing! Would Carolyn Goodman come up with the $275 million? Probably. Oh, if you told Carolyn Goodman the A's want to put it in downtown Las Vegas. That's oh. what I'm saying. She'd be like, 275 We can do five. Yeah. We can do 500 She'd come up with it. Her oh. and Deborah Marsh. She'd fi- Oh, yeah. They're fighting over They're it fighting right over now. the A's. Is and, there any and way nobody to get... actually wants to play in either one of those locations. <laughs> Is there any way to get like a piece of land that touches both Henderson and, and downtown, downtown Las Vegas? So they would split it? They're going to create they a special it? district <laughs> that is Henderson and, and Las Vegas. That way, both of them can give the A's $275 million. <laughs> and the A's will cut. When, here's the thing. When that happens... I will tell you the A's are coming to Las Vegas. Yes, yes. When Carolyn Goodman and Deborah March team up and say, we could find $500 million to give the A's. Then they're coming. They're coming to Vegas yes. because now they've got their public money and it's going to happen. But more mayor fights, more public officials ripping the hell out of random cities or states or whatever they want to do. Ugly. I don't even get like ugly architecture. The architecture sure. is weird. You hit it. You hit it on the, uh, on the, uh, Button last week with the water. Had she said that, it would have been like, you know what? That's a smart response. Right. I would have been like, that would have been a, yeah, you're, you're right. right. You're we right. might be moving to California and, soon because we don't have any water. And Goodman couldn't have really said anything. No. can't afford to live in <laughs> <Right>. California. <laughs> That's fair. That's a good point, Jared. We might be moving. What, what, where can we afford? Arizona. Utah? Well, Canada just literally said no one can buy any homes up there that isn't Canadian. So, <laughs> so we, not Canada? We, we may be looking at, uh, did, they, did, did the Otzelbergers sell their home? <laughs> <laughs> All right, coming up next, Las Vegas Aces president, Nikki Fargus, joins the show. You're sitting in the press box with Graney and Bischoff on ESPN Las Vegas. Follow them on Twitter at Ed Graney and Bischoff underscore Tyler. Joining us now, the president of the Las Vegas Aces, Nikki Fargus. Nikki, thank you Hi, so Nikki. much for joining us. How are you today? Hi, guys. How are you guys doing? We are good. Excellent today. All right. WNBA draft is tonight. This might be a very obvious question, but you guys traded away picks in next year's draft to get two more picks in this year's draft. So I'm assuming that means you guys really like the talent in this year's draft. Yes, this is a very deep uh, draft. There's a lot of talent. Um, and, And the reason being, too, is because obviously with COVID, you have what we call those super seniors. So there are... Uh, draftees that have been in college for five years. There's some that have only been in there for four. So we just feel like the pool, the depth is there. And just really excited about the fact that we were able to get two first-round draft picks. So with two first-round draft picks, you guys have five total in this draft. Like, what's the objective? What type of players, what are you guys trying to add to the roster tonight? Well, you know, one, we want to make sure that anyone that we add fits the culture that Becky Hammond is, is bringing um, to this basketball franchise. And so we're looking for players who are not only talented um, and skilled and, and versatile, but also who would be good um, in the community, um, who would be great ambassadors for, for our brand. Um, we want an all-around individual who carries the, um, the, Ace, the Aces logo and, 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 and what we represent 
not only on the basketball court, but also off the court. We like players who can play multiple positions. We like the, the, the versatility of players. Um, so we're looking for size. Um, we're looking for, we'll look for athleticism, but also a, a specific skill set. We want to have players in here who can stretch the defense, who are very accurate from the three-point line. And I think that's going to give Asia Wilson a little bit more freedom when we don't bog down the paint as much. Um, we're going to, we want players that can get up and down the floor um, who like to run because Becky's system is going to be very transition heavy. And we need players who also can defend and rebound the basketball. So we feel like we've identified um, some, some post players that can do that as well as perimeter players. And, again, we're just excited that we were able to, to, to solidify and, and it actually puts us closer to achieving our goal as far as the, the players that we have targeted. Yeah, you guys have a good team run, uh, running it back with these draft picks. I mean, it's almost like you're really open to competition because just making this team and making a difference might be difficult for some. Yeah, I mean, that's, that's, that is true. And, and you know, we're, our training camp, um, we start, you know, next week, and it's going to be competitive. We're going to bring in vets. We're going to bring in our draft picks. And then our nucleus is returning. Um, you know, Kelsey um, Plum and, and Chelsea Gray and Raquana Williams and Jackie Young, we, we have our uh, entire backcourt back, so I'm excited about that. And we just want to add some more pieces to the puzzle. Um, the fact that we have the 8 and 11 and 13th pick. Um, 13 is right there, too. <laughs> um, and and, and I, I think that's going to help us shape the, the depth of our roster. Uh, you mentioned a little bit there with uh, the way uh, Becky Hammond team, how she might want it to look with stretching the floor, opening the face of Major Wilson and, and running a lot. Uh, but what do you think is going to be the biggest change this year with Becky Hammond coming in as the head coach? Well, you know, Becky is um, a, a, a former player who's won at the highest level and she's bringing a lot of experience from the NBA side. So, I think the biggest change that we may see immediately is player development. Um, the commitment of her assistant coaches to one um, develop these players while we're in season. Um, but as we all know, championships are won in the off season. And I think that's going to be one of the, the, the benefits of, of putting together a staff um, of this caliber. I, I do believe that Becky is going to run more of a, a space, you know, really pay attention to spacing in her offense, as well as the fact that we do have six players that return. I'm sorry, five players that return in uh, double-digit scoring. Um, I think those numbers, and you're going to probably see Asia's percentages go up. You're going to see us shoot uh, the three ball more and more accurately. So I think those are the, the few areas that um, I truly believe she's going to enhance. What do you think the team, and especially the returning players from the last few years, trying to go for that title has learned the most? Well, I think you. I think what we've learned the most is that um, the, the culture of a team that's on a championship, you know, targeted to be on a championship run, you got to have buy-in and you got to have it early. And I think we developed that throughout the season you know, it's interesting when you have the Olympics in the middle of your of your season, and so there's a major pause there. Does that play um, into the the legs and the load of of those who came back from the Olympics? Um, we were very 
in t- we were very in tune with, with what that would look like because Asia Wilson and Chelsea Gray playing on the five on five, and then we had Young and Kelsey Plum with three on three. That takes a lot for, for, for you to, to one, win, win it all and win gold, and then come back and still put your team in a position to, to win a championship. Um, so I think this year we, we won't have that interruption. So I think the focus will stay there throughout the season. Um, and, and it could be, and we're just primarily focused on the Aces. Nikki Fargus with us, the president of the Las Vegas Aces. Again, the WNBA draft is tonight at 4 o'clock. Aces are uh, picking 8, 11, and 13, three of their five picks. I, I do have a, a bigger picture question aside from just the roster and the draft tonight. What do you think is going to be the long-term home court for the Las Vegas Aces? Well, right now we are um, committed to playing in Mick Ultra Arena. And uh, I know that they have been phenomenal as far as just supporting the Aces and supporting what we need. And so um, these next few years, that's where we'll be. Um, looking forward, though, to us moving into our new headquarters um, in February of 2023, where we'll have the basketball ops, business ops. We'll have the um, Al Davis, Eddie Robinson Leadership Academy as part of our facility, as well as two full-size courts with state-of-the-art training and recovery and rehabilitation equipment. So I'm really looking forward to being able to move into that facility. Um, but you just never know what the near future holds um, for, for the ACEs under the obviously under the leadership of Mark Davis. I mean, he wants to grow um, the aces and grow the league and, and, and facilities are one way to do that. Yeah. I want to ask you about Mark Davis. What has surprised you the most about him? Um, you know what? I, I don't know. This did take me by surprise. So the first game I sat with, I sat between Mark and Larry Delson. We were, we were, we were, we were in Seattle and what surprised me was how much they got onto the ref. Like, <laughs> <laughs> um, they sounded like they literally sounded like coaches over there. I mean, they were calling the play action. They were saying what needs to be done, who needs to, you know, late game, hold the ball. Like they were, they knew all the ins and outs of that. So I thought that was, that was fun to be around um, and sit in the middle of them and, since that Seattle game, I've never sat between those two ever again. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so hold on. Mark Davis, when he's at a Raiders game, has to be upset that he's up in like a suite and can't yell at the refs then. He's got <laughs> yeah. he, to be mad when he's doing football because basketball, he's right there and can yell at whoever he wants. I know, I know. Well, you're right there along the court side, so you can get into the officials, <laughs> but no, they, the sportsmanship is, is there. Um, I would have I would have been yelling, though, at, you know, when that last – the. The call in the in the, in our playoff game with the Raiders, and so that's 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 that coaching side coming out. Like I would have been, t- I would have had to get teed up on that one because the play definitely stopped. The whistle was blown. Everybody heard it. So. Well, I'm now you've got me excited. I'm looking forward to Mark Davis like getting ejected from an Aces game. <laughs> like I'm expecting like a Mark Cuban style where he's like almost on the court yelling at somebody. <laughs> No, he does a great job, though, of keeping his composure. And, um, but it, it's great to have an owner who is so passionate about um, women's basketball and who's at the games, who supports the games. But he doesn't only support the Aces. He supports, you know, UNLV, 
made it to the NCAA uh, first round, right? They won the conference title, and he was over at Arizona because that's where they played their first round game, and he was right there supporting UNLV. Or when we had the Pac-12 tournament here or the WCC tournament, he's at the game. Um, so his support is, is – the reach of his support – is, is far greater than just the Aces. He's, he's reaching into conferences. He's reaching into UNLV. Because we're all part of the same community here. So I just appreciate him having, one, the time um, and the energy to do so. No ref in Las Vegas is safe for Mark Davis, is what you're telling us. He is going to yell. He's going to find all of them and yell at all of them. Uh, <laughs> she is Nikki Fargus, the president of the Las Vegas Aces. Nikki, we appreciate your time this morning. Good luck with the draft tonight. Thanks, Nikki. Best of luck. All right. Thank you. Bye-bye. So, Nikki Fargus, Aces president. Again, the draft is at 4 o'clock tonight. Davis screaming at people. That's phenomenal. That's, I love that. I, and I, I, in all seriousness, I see him at least get a technical, if not ejected yeah. from a game. It'd be amazing if, if we have a story. I've been to Mark several Davis. Aces games, and I've watched him, and I don't know. He must Yelling. be very... Subtle about it. Subtle about it. As, as the rest running by with his with his comments, because I've never seen him go like the, ar- the arms aren't waving. He's no, not standing. No, I don't know. Not that I've seen. I haven't Young watched Mark the entire Cuban. game. Yeah, I mean, I don't. <laughs> I've, I haven't watched him the entire game. Eventually, you have to watch the game itself. But maybe when they're running past him, he's got she, some comments. She said make. that one was in Seattle, so maybe he's a little bit more um, obnoxious to the rest on the, on road? the road because he's like, yeah, if I'm in Vegas, everybody knows I'm here. Everyone's looking me. at me. But on the road, I might be able to slip in and nobody know that I'm, you know, I, God, that'd be amazing. I, I hope we come on at some point this summer and we're talking about Mark Davis ejected from an eight. That'd be incredible. I, hell, I and then he have him on the show. I hope he gets ejected from a Raiders game too. <laughs> Storms out of the suite. Like, like Mark Cuban yell, sitting courtside and yelling is one of like the funniest things that owners do. I want to be that guy too. He need why didn't he have a suite built into the sideline at Allegiant Stadium? What's he thinking? Into the sideline. Yeah, so he doesn't have to be up in the oh, second okay. deck. Oh, okay. Yeah, so he doesn't he have, to be be he doesn't have to be upstairs. He could be on the field. Okay. Yelling at the refs. Or I was thinking in the in that in that end zone bar. Yeah, put him in the like the win the, the suite with everyone who's drunk the win nightclub. <laughs> Screaming at people from the nightclub. <laughs> it's great. I also loved from Nikki there talking about like what type of player they want and what's going to be different this year. She hit on three point shooting and spacing multiple times there. It's phenomenal. Listen, Bill Ambeer has had a championship contender every year they've been in Vegas, right? Bill Ambeer has had terrific defensive teams. They've been good offensively too, right? They've been among the top two in offensive rating pretty much every single year. But the thing I've been yelling about is they, they've been last in the league in three-point attempts every single year. Yeah. And his best two players were basically played the same position, Liz Cambage and Asia Wilson. And they were on the floor together, same space. I love so much that it's, we've got Asia Wilson. We're going to build around Asia Wilson. We're and I'm space the floor. The way she made it sound, they're going to put four three-point shooters on the floor around Asia Wilson and give Asia Wilson as much room as possible. And basic, to simplify it, Either you're letting Asia Wilson go one on one, or you're doubling off of a shooter, and we're going right. to find the open shooter right. and knock down the three. I, it's what I've been yelling for them to do for three years now, and they're going to win a title now because of it. I'm excited. We'll see. Well, so, they've been close. I, I am also, I'm very curious to see. You kind of mentioned it: draft picks and com- competition to make the team. They've got a good chunk of their roster back. Yeah. Not the whole thing, but a good chunk. And she said this draft is deep, but the WNBA can be. It'd be very hard to find impact players outside of the top few picks in the WNBA draft for a team that's trying to win a title. So I'm very curious to see they pick 8, 11, and 13. 
are are they getting three legitimate pieces it's out of why it was, I was surprised and I forgot about the super senior thing but it, it was why I was surprised they made the deal for those picks because they're really really good right and I don't know who's making that team and doing anything right so I'm that's it's a fascinating thing to watch dude like again 8 11 13 and they just traded for eight and 13 yesterday yeah like they they have to think they're finding value there. They've got to think they're finding. Oh, they wouldn't have made there. the pit. They right. wouldn't have made the trade. So I'm very curious to see do they find do those players drafted in those three spots? And obviously, you know, all three of them working outs highly unlikely. But do they get two or even just one legitimately helpful player to a team trying to win right. a title? It's it's fair to see if that happens. And if and listen, if it does, if they find two or three good players, oh, in good those for picks, them. They're winning the WNBA They're winning title. the WNBA yeah. title. <laughs> they're champions. All right. We've got some tickets to give away. If you want to go see Jimmy Buffett, here's your chance. Two tickets to Jimmy Buffett's show on October 15th, uh, MGM Grand Garden Arena. This is a second show that's been added. So Jimmy Buffett and the Coral Reefer Band, band at MGM Grand Garden Arena on October 15th. Tickets don't go on sale until April 15th, but we've got a pair for you right now. 702 702- 364-1100 is the phone number. We'll take caller number seven at 702-364-1100 if you want to go see Jimmy Buffett. You're locked in the press box. Congratulations to Matthew. Matthew won a pair of tickets to go see Jimmy Buffett. Also, the NFL draft is taking over Las Vegas April 28th through the 30th, and you can be there to witness it live. The NFL Fan Fest features player appearances, photo ops, live concerts, and more, and it's all free with the NFL One Pass app. The NFL Draft, presented by visit nfl.com slash nfl1pass to register. All right, the audio you just played. Wait, before we get to that, I do need to read a tweet for Ed. Uh, Ed, this is from Sploosh. Do you remember Sploosh? remember that name. He's the listener that bought chickens, fake chickens, because of me. All right. Uh, He tweeted, thanks for finally putting up the first hour of the podcast. Apparently, it's already up. Kindly let Ed know that his voice is his best contribution to the show. <laughs> so not your information or what is it? 20 plus years in Blue? sports. I can only say, like I tell people with the column who have problems with it. Thanks for reading. Blue, thanks for listening. So we win no matter what. I can have no contributions to the show, but if you're listening, I win. Uh, so the audio that, that Jared thing just played, that was uh, Damon. And Q over on Raider Nation Radio. I assume they were discussing basketball players at Lotus Broadcasting. No, they they are trying to get together a Lotus Broadcasting basketball game where they are the two team captains, similar to something we did on Technically Correct, like. Th- five years ago. Yeah, we did all media though. I think. Yeah, yeah. they want Lotus exclusive, and Demond's first pick out the gate was you, and and Q's was Adam Hill, and. Basically, Q thinks you've never played basketball. You played soccer, and I'm I'm sitting there listening to this to cut the sound. Obviously, laughing, going, "I've seen him play soccer. I've never he's played soccer be, in my life. He's got to be better at basketball. Well, I've seen well, I've seen you hit a, try to hit a crossbar. How tall? And play how, goalie. How tall is Q? Uh, I would say Q is a either a short six foot or a tall five five ten. Five ten. I'm the best basketball player at this company. I would say that that uh, that is not even a question, and I. I'm trying to think all the people at the company. Yeah, it's not it's not so a high bar to clear. It goes it basically gets into the weeds, but somehow Q got all of Cofield and company, and Demond got us. I don't and know. I'm and I'm literally I'm literally sitting there as like I have a seven foot like literally my arms are freakishly long, 
Kyler's like 6'3 and has played like plays basketball. We're gonna Q, destroy these people. Q uh what if Q's son got all his talent from Q? Q's son's a college basketball player. Isn't Q's son like six <laughs> six? I'm just saying, maybe he got some of his skill. I, I look, I don't know anything about either Q Demond, or his, his basketball playing or his. Well, his son must be really good. He's in college, he's playing college. He must be really, really good. Devon is five four and was a captain for what's, on his on his what's basketball the teams. Team. It's right now. It's Devon, the three of us versus Q Cofield and company. So basically, uh, I'm going to hard foul Lari, and it'll be Steve and Adam Hill and Q versus the, the four of us. Us. Yeah. It's not close. My my, I've never seen Q play basketball. He's the only one that I'm... I mean, Adam Hill, I think, can shoot. But other than I've that... I've played with Cofield and Adam, and Adam can shoot. Yeah. Oh, that's the other thing. Uh, their plan is to feed the post with Cofield and Adam. Oh, and they'll, I'm just they'll, miss, they'll miss plenty of shots. Um, I'll I, just put my arms I've never seen up. Q play basketball. Maybe Q is really good at basketball, and his son plays college basketball. Yeah. Otherwise, we're dominating.